Hello, I'm Jake Duke, and I'm here to serve you with the information you need to understand what being an agriculture educator is all about. Throughout this series, you will learn about the different parts that make up high school agriculture education. Welcome to the Ag Teacher Feast. Let's dig in. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Ag Teacher Feast. This is the first episode, so I need to tell you a little bit about what this podcast series will be about. I hope that as you listen to the podcast and you get information from each episode, that it better prepares you to go into the career field of being an agriculture teacher. And if you're a general listener, well, there's going to be plenty of interesting information in here that you can use and maybe learn a bit more about what ag education in high school is really about. This is the first episode. This is the appetizer. The reason it's called the appetizer is because you need to listen to this before you go on to the rest of the meal. This is what lays the groundwork for the rest of everything we're going to talk about in agriculture education. We will be covering CTE, which stands for Career and Technical Education. Ag education falls under CTE. There are many different types of CTE programs in schools that prepare students for careers after graduating from high school. In this episode, we're going to go over a few things. So let's go over the outline. First of all, we're going to go over the different acts that have been passed by the U.S. government to fund CTE programs in high schools. There's going to be a few different things we're going to talk about, but we need to make sure that we understand that this is governmentally funded and that if we don't have the support from the government, then these programs might go away. Next, we're going to talk about an article that outlines the different benefits of having CTE. And it's going to tell us how CTE may be declining and what we need to do to bring it back and let, the, let everyone know that it is important to our students and can help them after graduating high school. Lastly, we'll have an interview with a CTE specialist whose whole job is all about making sure that, that high school programs that have CTE are well run and are able to bring students to the point that they need to be to be able to join the workforce, whether it be right after high school, after going to a technical school, or even going for a four-year bachelor's degree in college. So there will be such good information from that, and so I hope that you really enjoy that interview. So let's get started and go talk about those acts that have been passed. So let's get started with talking about the different laws that have been passed uh, for CTE and agriculture education. We got to go all the way back to 1862. This is when the Morrell Land Grant College Act was passed. Now, this established institutions in each state to educate people in agriculture, home economics, and other practical areas. What was really interesting about this is that uh, they had land grants to those universities. And so these universities were dedicated just to those uh, areas of study. Now, this was to ensure that financing for agriculture and mechanical education was given to those who wanted it. This ensured that education would be available to all classes of people. So this is really about making sure that we had people who were trained and could have these careers and help the economy and industry as it continued to boom in that time. And land would be sold in each state to fund support for those, for those universities. And so they would get the funding from that and they would use that for uh, their classes and any equipment they needed to teach those areas. Then in 1887, the Hatch Act was passed. This funded agriculture research. So these are programs at state agriculture experiment stations, and they 
where'd it go? Um, and actually do research on agriculture, which improves education for all the producers and uh, make sure that they know the new practices that research has been done on. But this sets the groundwork for maybe seeing if we could bring that information to the younger ages so that they can have a base and they can have strong careers in vocational studies. Because this is still at the college level. This is not in the high school level yet. But here we go. This is a big one. In 1917, the Smith-Hughes Vocational Education Act was passed. This funded vocational education in agriculture and for training in different industry fields. The funds were appropriated in the administration of the program at the national level. So government funds were given for younger school ages. Now, this also gave an alternative high school education for those maybe who couldn't afford the private schools at the time or were in the higher classes. These were for people who couldn't afford that. And they would be able to do these vocational schools and they would understand uh, career skills and things like that so they could be part of the workforce too. And it really gave them the skills to be uh, good agriculture producers and things like that at that point. Then in 1928, there was the, that was when FFA was established. Now, FFA is an extension of the classroom, and we're going to get into that in a different episode. There's a whole episode about FFA. But what it did, it allowed these students to gather together and be advocates for agriculture and be able to grow leadership qualities that helped them in the career force. So that's when that was established. We're going to go back to CTE, talk about that a little more. In, 1990, in 1984, the Carl Perkins Act was passed. Now, this act also ensured that, that vocational education would be uh, funded by the government. And this is the act that we're currently under. Now, it has to be renewed every few years. Uh, and the one that we're currently under is going to needs to be renewed by 2024. What's interesting is, over time, it showed that vocational education is now known as CTE, Career and Technical Education, because it allows students to know that it's not just for vocational has sort of grown a bad, a bad name of they don't really aren't educated or they are just part of the workforce and don't know anything. CTE lets people know that this is for a career. This is the students lives they're talking about and it gives them the ability to follow their career goals. Now currently uh, there is set aside $1.2 billion in federal support for career and technical education programs in every state. And so that's what we're under right now, and that's where CTE is now. Now we're going to talk about an article that was published in 2014 in the International Journal of Vocational and Technical Education. Now this article was called Why We Cannot Afford to Lose CTE in Schools by Scott Barbot by Scott Bartholomew. Now, this article tells about different ways that CTE benefits students and also how CTE may be losing ground for a few reasons. What's important to note in it is that there's different, there's been some different changes to CTE that has caused it maybe to have a harder time going forward. For example, there's been a recent shortage of teachers in CTE. And so this means that there's less people to teach the students, so programs get shut down, which also means that funding for these programs isn't going anywhere, which means that they don't see the need to fund those schools for CTE. 
So this relates to more losses in funding and this creates a cycle of less teachers, less funding, which is not good for CTE. There's also been a lot of emphasis on the more traditional subjects of academic subjects that students need to focus on those rather than CTE because it helps them get into college. However, it's been shown that there are many benefits of students participating in career and technical education. In career and technical education, the students are applying what they've learned in these other classes. And so when they apply that knowledge, they're building connections to it, which means that they are able to apply that knowledge and actually know what it's used for. Because how often have you been in a math class and not really know what it's used for? Well, in CTE, you may find a use for it. And I think that's really important for us to note as teachers, that's what our point is. We apply what students have already learned. And so this article also talks about the different benefits that students get from it. So it encourages a wide range of academic and life skills. They're, they're learning career skills in these classes that are gonna help them further on in life. It actually makes them better candidates for jobs and careers. There's also been shown that there's been links to higher creativity, higher problem solving skills, higher dexterity and spatial perception that have been nurtured in these CTE classes. Now we should realize that by doing these classes, it may actually help the students in their other academic classes. And so as teachers, we have to make sure that we know that we let other people know that that's what, what students are doing in CTE. It's not all about just, hey, I'm gonna learn how to use a tractor. No, 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 no. There's all sorts of different things that can be used, applied from the academic standpoint of schools. And what also benefits of CTE, besides just the classroom, they get to use actual laboratory skills. So they get to go out and actually do what they're learning. It's not sitting in a room all day and just listening to a lecture or doing an activity class. No, it's about actually applying what they're doing in the real world and building those connections. And in a later episode, we're actually gonna talk about some theories that support CTE and why students can do those and actually learn better those skills. And so this article also talks about how we need to make sure that we inform the counselors, the different teachers, the parents, of all the benefits of participating in CTE so that the students want to be in there. If students want to be there and see that's important, not just the dumping ground for students who don't care, then if they're gonna get more funding and it's going to perpetuate the idea that CTE is important to schools and building careers. And actually for participating in a CTE, these students maybe have better ideas of how to apply for college and know where they wanna go with their career. And so that they have the benefits of being knowledgeable about what they want, which is what a lot of college applications and things of that nature and scholarships, that's what they wanna hear. And so CTE is, is essential for students to actually build those skills for themselves. So this article really tells us that we need to be advocates for CTE, whether it just be talking to the schools we're in or administration, or even like on a government level, talking to representatives and making sure that they keep the funding for CTE programs. All right, so now we've covered all that stuff and we're actually gonna to get to hear from someone who works with CTE has a lot of really valuable information about CTE and how it really works in the schools and what affects what schools get what CTE program. So let's move on to that.
Okay, so now we have Mr. Lewis, who is uh, at the county level working with CTE, and uh, we wanted to ask him some questions about CTE and why it's important in high schools. So we'll get started with some questions. Uh, if you would give a brief introduction of your job and what exactly you do for schools. Uh, thank you, Jake. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to uh, spend some time with you and, and appreciate you uh, and honored that, that you asked me to, to help you with this. So uh, as you mentioned, my name is Brian Lewis and I, my title is I'm the Career and Technical Education Specialist with Rutherford County Schools. And uh, basically that role is, um, I, I work directly under the, the CTE director here in our district. Um, uh, you may or may not know, but Rutherford County Schools, we have approximately 48, between 48 and 49,000 students now. And uh, 10, it's either 10 or 11 high schools total. Uh, all of our schools have some facet of career and technical education programs. That being said, we have approximately 180 CTE teachers now, uh, which is more than doubled from where it was when I started teaching in 2003. So uh, my role is, is, is essentially like this assistant CTE director, uh, meaning anything career and technical related whether it be curriculum, uh, funding issues, CTSOs, which you may know are career technical student organizations such as FFA or DECA or HOSA, uh, all of those things come through this office. Equipment that, that needs to be purchased, any travel requests, um, anything to do with textbooks or maintenance related issues on, on facilities that CTE teachers work with or in, all of that comes through here. And, and, and it sounds like a lot, but, and, and it is, but we've, we've learned to sort of, of juggle, you know, what we're doing. But um, we have now, of, of the federally recognized CTE career clusters, 16 is, is what the federal government recognizes. Uh, CTE classes are broken down into agriculture being in the in, in its own cluster area. We now offer all of those clusters within our school district. Um, and so that's that's a lot of coursework. It's a lot of teachers. Uh, but of course, as, as you know, uh, my, my background, a little bit about me before coming into this role at, at the central office here in Rutherford County, I was an agriculture teacher for 13 years. Uh, and and Ag Ed and FFA are, are, are very dear to me and always will be. I still consider myself an ag teacher at heart and, and always will. Uh, I, I think those of you that, that have been in FFA in high school or have been around FFA and Ag Ed, when it's in your blood, it's always there. And uh, that's, that's still an important area to me and it's home. So, but, but I, I taught for 13 years, I, I spent, uh, uh, about eight, seven or eight years at Eagleville and, and uh, uh, five years at, uh, at Siegel High School, where I first started after graduating from MTSU with a degree in plant and soil science and ag education in 2002. And uh, I've been in this role here at the district office since 2000 and February of 2015. So going on seven years now. Um. Would you just give like a general overview of the purpose of CTE classes in schools? Well, I think uh, anyone who, who has taken any opportunity to really study 
the history of, of career and current technical education, formerly known as vocational education, uh, we can we can date that that instruction back all the way to 1917 uh, with the the creation of the Smith Hughes Act, which was a piece of legislation that authorized federal money to be used for instruction in vocational education, if you will. And ag, of course, was one of the first programs that, that came out of that uh, legislation. And it was born due to the need to educate the masses, not just in reading, writing, and arithmetic or science, but the learning how to grow foods or how to manufacture things or to run a business. You know, education was very basic, very regimented up until that time. And of course, now as, as, as we, we roll into the 21st century and the technology world that we live in today, our ultimate goal in education, I, I tell people all the time, our ultimate goal is, I hate to boil it down to this, but we're building a product. When we, when we graduate students into the world, we're building a product just like an automobile plant builds cars. If we don't have students that are prepared to be successful after their education, we have failed them, we have failed society. And I think that's where CTE comes into play. CTE courses are important whether or not you're going to a four-year university after high school or a two-year university or a technical school such as a TCAT or you're going straight into the workforce. The ultimate goal we have to remember, college is not the end and it shouldn't be the end for anyone. The purpose of, of four-year degrees or what have you is to prepare you to go to work. And, and ultimately, why do we want to do that? We want to be positive contributors to society in some form or fashion. And we have to have jobs to meet our basic, most basic needs. So CTE gives us the opportunity to capitalize on our interests and our skills, hone those skills while in high school, hopefully open the door to early post-secondary opportunities and finding things that you're interested in and how can we direct you in continuing your education after high school to meet those career goals, whether it be in agriculture or in healthcare or in auto repair or in manufacturing. And I often tell people in CTE, I feel like we're taking all the math, all the English, all the sciences, things that oftentimes kids think maybe is a little bit boring, and we provide an opportunity for kids to apply those things. I've seen it year after year, and I've seen that light bulb go off in hundreds, thousands of kids in, in ag classes. When you're sitting here and, and, and you're doing math or you're doing chemistry, when it pertains to soils or fertilizers, and, and they're like, wow, I see now how I'm using this stuff I learned in Miss So-and-So's chemistry class or or so-and-so's math class. It makes sense now because we're, CTE provides an opportunity for practical application of so many skills. And, and I think that as this economy rebounds from COVID, as it was rebounding from the Great Recession of 2008, 
CTE is as important now as it has ever been because there are jobs out there that even that have not even been created yet that we don't know what they are. But CTE is providing the foundation for people to learn these skills to go to work. And I meet with employers every week. And I hear every week, every day, about the labor shortages across multiple industries, especially in, 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 in the Rutherford County area. I hear a lot about construction or manufacturing you know, issues and shortages. So I know the jobs are there. And then the question I get from employers is, do we have students in the pipeline that's going to be ready to go to work soon? And those are conversations that were almost non-existent 25 years ago. Uh, but, but that's changed a whole lot. Um, so you mentioned that there's a lot of different clusters for CTE. Um, how are the different, like, how are different schools assigned different CTE programs? Great question. And uh, that's, that's one of the most challenging, uh, one of the most challenging aspects, I think, that myself and Tyra Pilgrim and, and our staff here at the central office uh, are faced with. Because as you well know, Offering a CTE program or starting a CTE program is much more costly than it is to have a math class or an English class or something of that nature because of the equipment that has to be bought and the supplies. And can I find an instructor in that area? That's that's a big challenge. But how are they chosen? Well, we we try to. There there are several things that that I, I like to say are almost standard. For almost all schools, almost every school has an ag program, or they have business marketing, or they have IT or computers. Uh, most every one of our large comprehensive high schools have health science. A lot of them have culinary arts. Um, those are fairly easy programs. I say easy, but nothing's really easy about it. But they're, they're fairly easy programs to, to start. We sort of know what we need. We know the kind of teacher we have to have for those areas. The problem comes into when we start talking about an advanced manufacturing mechatronics type program or a machining program to teach machine tool. Uh, we have that program at Rockville High School, machine tool, uh, that was built when, when the school opened in, in, uh, in 2019, um, or 2018, excuse me. That program, that machine tool program alone in that lab where the, where the kids are learning the fundamentals of machining and tool and die making, we have $300,000 worth of equipment in that shop. And that's only, that's, that's in about five pieces of equipment. Uh, in the mechatronics program that we have at Oakland High School, there's probably $750,000 in, in, in equipment. So you see really quick, those programs are not easily duplicated in every school. As you, from a financial perspective, you cannot invest those kind of resources into every school, into every program like that. Uh, so that, that tends to be, that, that's a challenge. And so we've also, uh, our director of schools, Bill Spurlock, is, is, is really big on, on telling the principals Find something that makes your school unique from everyone else. 
that's how Oakland right now is the only school with a mechatronics program. We're, we're currently looking at how can we expand that opportunity to other schools, uh, maybe through the use of, of night classes uh, for students who have an interest in mechatronics and want to pursue that area. Would they be willing to go over at night and take night classes? Uh, same thing with machining. We, we've recently started an aviation aerospace program at, at Siegel High School with flight simulators. I've, I've got a $200,000 fully functional, full motion flight simulator that we, that we put in uh, the aviation lab there. Um, so really, and, and the other thing I think, Jake, too, that, that drives what programs we put in the schools, oftentimes it's what the principals ask for. That's a big thing uh, because if a principal, as a, if, if a building level principal doesn't support the programs in the schools that they have, those programs will fail. They will not be successful. Um, the most successful programs that we have are always in schools where we see the most involvement from the principals. And, and because they have to be the advocate for that program to myself and Ms. Pilgrim, uh, to the school board and fighting for funding and fighting for equipment, you know, that, that those programs sometimes need. Uh, so that's, that's sort of how some of those programs are chosen, but ultimately how these programs are chosen is we look at labor market data uh, in the, from the metropolitan Nashville area service area, which we're in. What does the labor market say that we need to be teaching in our schools? And, and that, that really drives a lot of that decision. We had a study done, Harvard did a study in 2014 that outlined the highest growth sectors as far as employment, regional employment opportunities in Rutherford County for 10 years. And we're still operating under that same report. But the Harvard study showed that our top five areas here are healthcare, information technology, construction and building and architecture, um, manufacturing and uh, supply chain and logistics. And when I, when I step back and look at the big picture, they were right on. You, you, you drive 30 minutes from Murfreesboro and look around at all the warehousing that's being built. Look at what Amazon, the impact uh, regionally that Amazon has here. And, and I'm not talking about just jobs where people pack boxes or move pallets. There are a lot of supply chain logistical jobs that, that are, are more technology-based and needing people with those skill sets. But then you look at all of the building and construction, which means there's a need for plumbers, electricians, HVAC people. Look at the growing healthcare industry here. You know, Vanderbilt just announced they're, they're putting an application to build an 80-bed hospital here. We just saw the completion of the, of the hospital expansion at St. Thomas. Um, the IT industry, I think it's no secret, uh, the last few years, especially, uh, especially last year and this year, have told us there's a great need for cybersecurity. And uh, so, so that drives a lot of, of the need for our programs. And some people say, well, where does ag fit in? This, this is the beauty of ag. So many things are taught in the agricultural curriculum that don't necessarily fit perfectly into one of those holes that I just mentioned, but so many of those skills are covered. When I think of an ag teacher, 
they're teaching some mechanics, they're teaching electrical, they're teaching plumbing, they're teaching woodwork, they're teaching animal science and healthcare concepts, they're teaching business concepts. So that's why ag is still relevant even as our economy here is becoming more urban. We don't see production agriculture jobs here anymore, but we look, look around at all the vet offices that are popping up and all of the food processing and manufacturing facilities that are in Murfreesboro and Smyrna. Uh, those jobs are still alive and well here. We just have to, we have to be creative in how we look for them and find them, but they're still there. But um, there, there, that's, that's just some of the things we look at as we look at program placement. And so much of that is really predicated on what local industry needs. Where, where do we need employees? And, and so their, their input is very crucial as we prepare to look at, at, at what we offer when we expand or, or, or change programs. And sometimes we close programs uh, that are no longer relevant and replace it with something else. That's, that, that does happen. I'm going to put these next two questions together because they sort of go hand in hand. Um, what sort of effects or like skills do students who take CTE courses get opposed to students who don't take those courses? Uh, I can I can oftentimes, especially, and again, I'm being a little biased being being a former ag teacher. I can usually look at a student pretty quick and tell you whether or not they had ag in high school. Number one, most of the time, if they came from a strong FFA program, they're usually pretty eloquent speakers uh, and they're more polished. But I, I think that there are, are numerous benefits of, of a student who has taken CTE in general in high school. They're more grounded, they're more practical, they're better prepared to go into the workforce because oftentimes kids that are involved in CTE by their junior or senior year, they've either had a job they, they participated in work-based learning or they've done some internship opportunities. Um, and, and I see those students, they're just more workforce ready than students who are not. They've, they've had some, some understanding or at least some education on careers that are available in their fields of interest, which I think is, is paramount. Um, but, but typically those kids, those kids are better prepared and, and that's not to downplay the importance of, of students who have not taken CTE. But I think it's, if I had my choice, every child in high school would take a CTE program of study because I called a backup plan. You know, I may want to be a, a pro athlete one day. The likelihood of me doing it is probably slim. But if I've taken three years or four years of a program of study in some area, I've at least got some knowledge base and training in a career area that I'm interested in that I could possibly use uh, either to go get a degree in or a certificate or and, and which would prepare me to go make a living. So I think uh, I think those are, are very, very important, important things as far as having those skill sets. But but yes, um, you can definitely see see a difference in, in those who have engaged. Most of the time, those kids are more engaged in school in general. And I attribute that to the CTE classes, but mainly because they've been involved in their CTSOs, their FFA, their HOSA, their DECA, uh, Skills USA, whatever their, their career technical student organization is, because that also exposes them to opportunities to meet employers and learn more about careers in those areas. So 
a lot of advantages and you can you can definitely those those kids set themselves apart um, and there was a study done and you can still find uh, uh, results if you dig on the internet but several years ago national ffa did a study uh, through a group uh, called horatio alger and it compared ffa members to non-ffa members um, or students who took ag to maybe it was, it was students who took ag to those who didn't or those who joined ffa versus those who did not and how how, how did it affect them academically how did it affect them uh, socially and the data points that were gleaned from that study were amazing in support of why a kid needs to join a career technical student organization. Uh, the camaraderie that's built, the friendships and relationships that are built with their classmates, it gives them somewhere to belong and somewhere to plug in uh, and, and it prepares them for careers. So uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of support to, to taking CTE classes. Um, I think we're going to skip number six because we've already talked about this, plenty about what the focus of CTE is about joining the workforce and things of that nature. So we're going to go to number seven here. Um, how have you seen maybe throughout the years of being a teacher or something or in your current position, how CTE has changed and what changes do you see are still coming? I think CTE is... Uh... We're, we're literally on the, on the precipice of, of a, a, a new beginning. Uh, not that we're not already there, but we've, we're doing some great things, but I think we're going to continue to see that. Um, I can remember, and I know our parents and generations have come before us remembered, there was a time when in the, in the 1970s and 1980s where CTE numbers dropped drastically, especially in ag. Um, CTE was often viewed because in the 70s and 80s, we really got an education where we were telling kids, if you're going to be successful, you need to go get a four-year bachelor's degree in something. We're still feeling the effects of that in this economy now because there are tons of people who have college degrees, bachelor's degrees, and they can't either one, can't find a job or two, don't want to find a job with the degree they got. They just got a degree because somebody told them it was a good thing to do. And for years, and I remember when I first started teaching, students that were planning on going to college were steered away from taking CTE classes. They were told, and this is ugly, but they were told that's where the other kids go. And so CTE courses were used for dumping grounds for kids who may not necessarily have been college bound. And, and that didn't happen in every school, but that was sort of the, the mantra in, in America. And, and we lost a lot of good programs uh, through those years because of that. Now we're feeling the effects of it. As I talk to employers, I hear it, as I said, every day from employers that they can't find skilled labor. Most of my guys, uh, you know, they're telling me, well, I, you know, I got guys and, and, and ladies in this plant that they're 55, they're 60 years old, they're going to retire. There's no one to replace them. Well, guess what? That was that generation that we pushed them all to college. And so there's not anybody to replace them. So 
that's where we were. We're waking up now and realizing, wait a minute, not everybody does need to get a four-year degree. Maybe you just need a two-year degree, an associate's degree, or maybe you just need a technical certificate from a TCAT or, or what have you. And, and these kids are, that, that do these things, they're going to go out and make as much money as this guy with this bachelor's degree over here. And we're seeing that now. So we're seeing this renewed focus and we're seeing the pendulum swing back the other direction. And kids are realizing, hey, I can take these CT classes. I can take this industry certification while I'm in high school. I can take some, some college credit while I'm in high school, finish early with an associate's degree and go to ABC over here and, and, and make you know $75,000 a year. So we're seeing that change. We're, we're becoming, a, as, as you well know, a heavily technologically advanced society. And it's amazing. I just made the comment the other day. It's amazing how much technology has changed just since I graduated from MTSU in 2002. When I graduated, I thought I knew everything there was to know about computers and PowerPoint and making presentations and this, that, and the other. Now I'm sitting here with an iPhone 12 and I'm, I'm, I'm fumbling through it and I'm thinking, I can't use half the stuff on here. So technology is rooted in the heart of every CTE class now, embracing the technology, knowing how to use the technology, and being open to being lifelong learners is, is, is going to be paramount as, as we see CTE change. I think, I think we're going to see significant changes in the way school in general looks over the next few years. I think COVID has, has shown us that this very Zoom, Zoom call that we're on right now has shown us how quickly we have to adapt and embrace uh, change. And I think we're going to continue to see lots of that uh, as, as the workforce continues to rebound, and, and especially in the years to come. Well, I'd just like to thank you, Mr. Lewis, for coming on here and telling uh, us about CTE, why it's important, how it's affected students, and where is it, it's probably going to go in the future. Uh, so now we'll get back to the rest of the podcast. All right. Jake, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Now, let's go over the highlights. From that interview, we saw the different ways that CTE is important to schools and to students. First off, we talked about how CTE is expensive. A lot of the programs that are great and could really help students with future careers cost a lot of money for those schools which is why it's so important that we keep advocating for the funding to CTE programs. And it's also important that we note that maybe not every school is gonna have every program and that's okay because the students at your school, you can get them in a program and they're gonna find a passion for that in their school. But there are also ways that you can send them to other uh, programs or other ideas that relate to what you're teaching. So as an ag teacher, you may be teaching an ag med class and you may be able to send them information about different careers that maybe aren't necessarily ag-related, but still have to do with mechanics. And I think that's something that we can really do as teachers is continue to branch out from what we're teaching initially. Also, we need to know that CTE prepares students and makes them 
more well-rounded candidates for careers. The entire point of CTE is to find that they are ready to join the workforce at some point, whether it be after right after high school, after getting a technical degree, or getting a four-year bachelor's degree, that they are ready to join the career workforce. And it's okay whether or not they choose which path they go on, as long as it's going to help them achieve their career goals. And I think what's also important is that we know that agriculture isn't going anywhere. It's always going to be a part of our society and having food for the people in our society. And CTE prepares students to be a part of that and helps students know that what they're doing is going to help the future of society. And that's what ag education is all about. So let's go back over what we've talked about in today's episode. This is the appetizer. We've laid the groundwork for the rest of our meal. We know what CTE is and where it came from and all the laws that were passed to get it to what it is today. We also know the benefits of CTE as it relates to other parts of, of high school careers. We know that it can help students in the academic field as well as prepare them and give them all the skills they need to have full careers. And we also got to hear from someone who can tell us, who told us all about CTE education and how important it is for the students in those programs. So that's all we got for today. And I hope that you've gained some knowledge about CTE and that you're ready to listen to the rest of this podcast so that you can become a great educator. Thanks for dining and come back next time. Bye. This podcast was created and produced by Jake Duke as part of a senior thesis project at Middle Tennessee State University. Accompanying each podcast are learning guides that will give focus to the important information of each episode. Thanks for listening.